Hey guys, uh, it's Artie uh, leaving a voice message on my own podcast. I'm uh, calling from Louie's wedding, actually, which was beautiful. Gorgeous wedding, Mazel Tov, Louis and Kirsten. For those of you who are listening in now, uh, because I plugged the podcast during the ceremony, uh, welcome to We've Never Seen It. Um, shouldn't have plugged the podcast in the ceremony. Um, that was... Uh, Maybe it did work. Either way, uh, Louis is on his honeymoon right now, and so we're going to do a special episode of, of listener uh, voice messages. Hope you guys enjoy. We like watching movies, ones we've never seen. So we made a podcast to help pass quarantine. We'll watch any genre and add ones till the end. So listen to our podcast and tell all of your friends. Well, we like watching movies, no. ones we've never seen. Really Way too much. Way too much. To play us in? What? What do you mean to play us in? Glenn, just tell me when to go. Okay. Now? Fuck you, Glenn. Hey everyone, welcome to a special mini episode of We've Never Seen It, which is a continuation of Guns Akimbo. I'm joined here as always by my PIC, Artie. Sorry about that, uh, Glenn unplugged all my shit. God damn it, Glenn. I feel like once we could be ready for an episode, that would be nice. Yep. Just once. If we could be ready to go and, like, have everything set up. It, it would only require Glenn getting here 15 minutes before we do, but oftentimes we get here before him, and he lives closer than we do. It's unacceptable. Well, thanks for that intro, Louis. Uh, PIC, is that, um, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Partner in crime. Oh. Yeah. I thought it was, like, pig in charge. You could be the pig in charge if you want. Oink, oink. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be a bit of a different episode, but I think it's pretty on brand for us, for our listeners who don't know us personally, which is none of you. We tend not to let things go when we're debating things, and uh, we will argue with each other about nothing, about important things, but we definitely get our money's worth when we're disagreeing about something. And if you did not listen to our last episode and you're listening to this one, please pause, go listen to our last episode, because... We watched the movie Guns Akimbo, and then we place ourselves in a situation similar to the plot of the movie, the premise of the movie, where we would be in a death match against each other for whatever reason, uh, and who, who would prevail. And we asked our listeners to send in their thoughts, and then we asked them again, and then we texted some people to do it because they kind of ignored our second request, and we've got a bunch of voicemails. Yeah, we can pretend that the scenario is that our disagreement on The Last Jedi and whether or not it was good and should be canon or not canon or totally remade or Ryan Johnson should be strapped up and repeatedly punched in the dick or whatever. Well, you said something. Yeah, let's say that that came to blows and now we're actually at war with one another. Yes, and uh, for the record, I would accept that scenario, as long as it meant the entire new trilogy was uncanonized and they redid all of it. Let's disagree there and uh, and say <laughs> that's exactly why we are having this this epic brawl. Yeah, let's disagree to agree to agree to disagree. And um, we've got a bunch of voicemails. 
Glenn has queued them up, which I'm very proud of. This first voicemail is from, it says, Big Dick Linhin from Boston. Hey, calling in in regards to the deathmatch scenario put forth by you two. Um, I think we're kind of missing a major factor here. Like if we're, if, we're, if we're putting the hosts of the show against each other into this deathmatch, we're missing a key piece here. And that, of course, is, is Glenn. So I feel like in this hypothetical scenario, if it's Lou versus Artie, Glenn plays the role of the mastermind evil genius putting his two enemies against one another and inevitably he's the winner either way either you both you know blow each other up and get rid of each other or or whatnot but either way Glenn sneaky puppeteer behind the scenes comes out on top he's the winner uh who do I who do I call about the free Dunkin Donuts gift card I get for for doing this my gut reaction is like Glenn is an evil genius. It, I just—it's not believable. I have some serious issues with this caller's opinion. You have clearly not met Glenn. Glenn can't even be a puppeteer when puppets are involved. He crosses all the freaking wires, and he got them all tangled and ruined that kid's third birthday party. I don't think he has the skill set to puppet us and mastermind anything. One time, I asked Glenn to heat up some soup for me. And he looked at me like he had no idea where to start. Like, that's what we're dealing with. So I appreciate the call. I'm sure you've got a, a big dick. But uh, I'm going to have to call shenanigans on this one. Glenn would probably be satisfied with one or both of us dying. But his life would become aimless. Glenn is pointing to me. I know, Glenn. <laughs> we don't like each other. That's okay. Like, I get it. But at the same time, Artie, I feel like you and I are far superior in mental ability physical ability, really in every way to Glenn. So I feel like we would figure it out pretty quickly and turn on him. I agree. I love the scenario where just like in Guns Akimbo, we decide that we have a common enemy, which is our stupid fat-faced intern, and uh, we just take him out. Actually, so now I do like this because this has the best outcome where neither of us dies, neither of us has to kill each other, which would be traumatic uh, long-term, and we get rid of our intern. So good job, Glenn. Yeah, we throw him in a, uh, a big pot of soup, teach him how to warm it up. Let's move on to the next one. And this call is from Miguel in Easton, Pennsylvania. Here's how I think it's going to go down. Assuming you both know the other's location, I'd be hard-pressed to find Artie running across an open field to try and kill Louie with a stick. Therefore, Louie will need to come to Artie. What I think would happen is that Louie pulls his jeep up to the entrance of Trump Tower which is one of the few buildings in New York City with an observation deck, and is also one of the last places anyone would look for Artie. When he does this, he, re he reveals his exact location to Artie, and Artie prepares. Louis then takes the elevator up to the observation deck, and begins walking down the hall to the entrance. He notices the gold-plated door is left ajar, which projects a reflection of Artie, dressed in a Boba Fett helmet and bathrobe, waiting for him around the entryway. Immediately, he runs towards the entryway and starts jumping around, shooting wildly 360 degrees around him, laughing maniacally. When the gunfire ends, his face drops. Instead of Artie, he sees the Boba Fett helmet supported by a stick with nails in it attached to the floorboard. Yeah! Artie kicks Louie right in the balls. And that's what I think will happen. Thanks. 
Okay. I have some issues with this one too, because I would not be fooled by decoys. I'm well trained in the art of detection. Um, if my D&D character is any indication, I am very intuitive and can detect a trap from a mile away. So Miguel would not fall for a simple Boba Fett helmet on a stick. Well, did you roll for perception before you entered the room? I roll for perception before I enter any room, ever. Fair enough. Fair enough. I rolled a 19, so with my multipliers, Dang. I mean... Yeah, no, no, that's true. And Miguel himself is a dungeon master, so I appreciate the thought that went into the strategic component there, but of course I don't think he had your character sheet. No, I'm also confused. He said that you wouldn't run through an open field. Why do I have to come to you? Because I don't like driving in the city. That's a really good point. And also, I, I didn't get the sense that your sort of setup was an open field per se. I thought it was more of a wooded thing. Wooded thing leading to a valley of death or a chasm. It's more like running, like would I run towards? No, I would I would pick a different way of, because I'd be really tired by the time I got there. Right. If I was running, but running away, that's that's the advantage is, is the defense. Yeah. Certainly could not... Because you'd be in a Jeep, and, and I could be the fastest dude in, on the planet, and I'm not catching that Jeep. No. Unless it rolls over, which is very likely. So Very likely. It is pretty lifted. I just loved the mental image of Boba Fett, helmet, bathrobe, golden toilet. And uh, I like that there was a little mystery at the end where I kicked you in the balls. But then, who knows, right? I'm pretty sure you can still pull a trigger while you're hunched over grasping your nutsack. So... I think you're probably right, but I don't I don't think there's any literature on the subject. So, you know, I, I think we'll call that a draw and overall A plus for creativity, factually B plus, pretty solid. Yeah. So thanks, Miguel. Next up, we have Brandon, who also wrote us a very long email to go along with his voicemail. It seems that he is a super fan of the show and would very much like to be on the show. Wow, it says here he uses some of our lines and quotes them to his coworkers. He's still employed? I guess. Um, God bless. We're, we're, getting a, uh, we're getting a fan club here, and seems like he's number one, which is great. So maybe we'll have him on. We'll see. But yeah. uh, Brandon. Let's do it. Okay, so the Louie and Artie, or as I like to call them, Lardy deathmatch. Picture this. It all starts with the two men hunkered down in their respective hideouts. You know, both of them are oddly optimistic that the other one's going to just stumble upon their trap, even though they're like miles apart. And so they, this goes on for about an hour or two, and Schism starts to get bored, you know, watching these two would-be warriors just sit around and make TikToks. So they decide that, to, to lure them to just one neutral location. And they do this by using a message that neither one of them could resist. Mark Hamill autograph sign. Well, Artie shows up first, uh, mainly because Louie has to take a detour to get his Jedi robe and favorite lightsaber for Mr. Hamill to sign and a bunch of other Star Wars crap. And it should be noted that the robe is, uh, the, the sole purpose is to hide the raging boner that uh, Louie has at the idea of of meeting Luke Skywalker. So, Artie gets there. Uh, you know, he, he quickly and, and quite sadly uh, realizes that he's been duped. And so he prepares himself for the upcoming battle. Now, a long while later, Louis finally arrives. You know, Kirsten had put all his toys up in the attics and he couldn't find them. So, um, finally gets there. 
He cautiously opens the door, pokes his head through. And this is where Artie's inexperience in killing really reveals itself. Because he takes this overhead swing with this spiked bat and plunges a few of the spikes into the upper door jamb. And this pretty much used up all of any kind of upper body strength that, that Artie has. So he, he couldn't dislodge the weapon, basically rendering himself defenseless. Now this had startled Louie a little bit, so obviously he, he peed a little. Uh, but he recovers pretty quick and he looks at Artie with that shit-eating grinny he gets. He, yeah, you know the one. He raises his gun, pulls the trigger, and only then realizes that in all of his crazy preparation, you know, all of those weapons and booby traps and all that, he forgot one critical thing. Bullets. So Louis throws down his gun, and the two men square off, having to rely on their months of karate training. However, it quickly becomes clear that both of their senseis were complete frauds, and they end up in this super awkward, open palm, wrist flailing slap match. With the entire internet watching, there's this global laughter that can be heard from the farthest reaches of space, and a record number of memes are created before this five-minute slap fight comes to an embarrassing end. Now, while winded, but completely unharmed, Louie and Artie decide to settle this the old-fashioned way. Rock, paper, scissors. Now, after about 14 rounds where both of them, for some stupid reason, keep picking rock every time, they somehow discover that both of their mothers are named Martha. Artie and Louie look into each other's eyes and, while painfully resisting certain urges, and, and I should note my original ending had kind of this, you know, broke back mountain twist to it, but anyway, they decide there's only one thing to do. Join forces and kill Glenn. Why? Because fuck you, Glenn. That's why. Well, these keep getting better and better, don't they? <laughs> that was amazing. Brandon, that was great. There were a few things that, that stood out to me that I, I want to drill down on, but overall, this was like, this made my day. So thank you. This right here is a very smart man. First off, yeah. kudos on the detail there. That was perfect. That was uh, probably how it would happen. Um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't pee. I'm very brave. I wouldn't pee. I promise. Uh, even a little bit? Yeah, but like everything about Artie's lack of upper body strength, you nailed it. That's true. I have none. Kirsten has banished my toys to the attic, which is which is sad. I did want to ask you about that because I, I wrote this down while I was listening. Um, one of the, the points that I was debating pushing back on factually. So, so tell me, how do you access the attic in your house? Is it the ceiling and you have the sort of door on the ceiling yep. you have to pull down? I have the pull down door. Okay, so, so riddle me this. Is Kirsten tall enough to reach that by herself? Kirsten is tiny, for all of you listening who do not know Kirsten. Um, she's like 4'3", and she cannot reach that. So she has a step stool that she carries around. She has an upstairs one and a downstairs one, and is able to reach on that step stool. And then it's okay. and then it's just like a stairway that's coming from the ceiling. What I guess I wanted to make sure of was that like she didn't make you open the attic and or put away your own toys because that would be upsetting. No. But if you're saying she was able to do that herself, so that's better. And she's very kind. Like she let me pick six toys that I really like to keep out. So those are the toys that I keep in my office. And then you can rotate them and they'll stay fresh. 
Yeah, but that would involve me going up into the attic. I don't have that kind of motivation. Good to know, because then it seems like I would just hide in your attic if I was trying to not get killed by you. Um, I would never <laughs> find you. The other thing that I just thought I'd point out, hey, we can both be space cadets sometimes, but you're, you're not a forgetful guy. You're not like an absent-mindedly forgetful guy, and I don't think that you would forget bullets. I just, I, I actually can't perceive that happening. I think that what he was getting at was that I purposely forgot the bullets because end of the day, I want to prove that my karate skills are better than yours. And I would like to imagine that we would get to a scenario where I'm holding you at gunpoint and you have your bat and I make you drop it. And I say, let's settle this like real men. And I throw my gun and then we just go at it. Well, like it's that scene in the Matrix where they're both out of bullets and they they're holding the gun at each other's heads and then they drop them and they start fighting. Yeah. And my sensei did teach me to dodge bullets. It was pretty cool. Was your sensei one of those inflatable waving arm things from car dealerships? Well, no, but like he had the dexterity of one. <laughs> uh, actually, tell me a bit about your karate sensei. Like what, who were we dealing with? What was his name? His name was, and probably still is, Shihan. That was his name. That's all I knew him by. Shihan. Sensei Shihan. Shihan? Shihan. So he was Chinese? No. White as they come. <laughs> what? Are you serious? Did he, he change? Because Shihan sounds Chinese, right? It does. I was confused when I walked in, but I was also like four, so I went with it. But he was pretty fit, always wore these like wife beater tank tops, mm -hmm. and he had this big permed mullet. Whoa. Yeah, it was long, like a huge party in the back. Did you get the sense that he was really committed to martial arts or was this like his job? Oh, that's what he had going on in his life. That was yeah. it. Probably because he changed his name to something Chinese. It's like a red flag there. True. And uh, it was this dojo. And I remember a couple of times getting in trouble for being too aggressive. Again, played to my strengths. <laughs> Self-defense, right? Well, Shihan would take me aside and he would say, hey, you got to channel that a little bit, but also good job. And so he knew. He knew I was going to become a warrior. It sounds like you got a fabulous education from a weeb-like character. Um, what was your sensei's name? My sensei's name was Manny. I don't think I ever saw him, like, do any moves of any kind. But he, it was very much about self-defense and self-respect. Did he look capable of doing moves? No. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I Now I have to, like, think about him. And then he left, and then his buddy Andre took over. Anyways, thank you, Brandon. That was awesome. Uh, so we have one more. Um, Louis would win handsomely because he is so handsome. How does being handsome have anything to do with it? Okay. Okay. Um, Louis is more handsome than Chris Pratt, Evans, and Hemsworth. People aren't going to believe that. All right, fine. He would obliterate Artie because he's a perfect male specimen happy i think that's pretty cut and dry man like i know she's my wife and all but i think that carries a lot of weight because she knows me best right yeah like clearly i'm the winner here super there's... objective right glenn is saying there's a part two so why don't we why don't we roll that okay yeah okay so louis just went to walk the dog so i have a minute to be honest of course, I support my husband, but is anyone really buying this whole ridiculous, like, he's the most attractive man in the world kind of thing? Like, come on, really? Uh, 
if I could tell the truth for a second without hopefully Louis getting too mad at me, um, COD skills obviously would not translate in a real life fight to the death. And even if they did, I get to hear all of the COD playing that goes on at my house. And there's a whole lot of screaming and anger at small children who kill him every two to four minutes, kind of, sometimes more frequently. And then the other one minute deaths in between those are due to glitching. So it's never Louis's fault. It's always like something else going on. Um, but in real life, I really hope that Louis is good at hiding because I really don't want to be a single dog mom. That would suck. Um, but even more than that, I feel like Artie wouldn't win this fight either. I think they would both hide so long that hopefully Schism would just realize how super boring they are and not do anything and kind of let them go. That's ideal. Um, but probably they would send in some real killers to make it interesting and finish the job. So please, Louie and Artie, listen to me. Try your best to never get involved with something like this because your wives kind of like having you around. And um, I don't think you guys would fare as well as you think you would. So, all right. Thanks, guys. Please don't be mad at me. Love you. Well, that was some interesting flavor to part one, huh? Did you coerce her into, like, doing that second one? Did I coerce her into doing anything? Yeah. No, I did not. Well, that one seemed, like, really out of character for her. Very, yes. And to be fair, you would know because... You guys are married, so who's to say what's going on? But, you know, if you got two very different things, it's probably somewhere in the middle. I don't know. All I can say is, uh, first, I agree. We would not fare as well as we think. I also agree that we would hide for so long because we are both very stubborn people. And we would start to realize that it was actually kind of funny how long we were hiding. And it would get funnier the longer we were hiding. And we would let our guard down and get back to normal in our respective home courts, right? Like, I just, I'm like, well, okay, I don't think anything's happening. I'm going to go get a sandwich. And you'd be like, I don't think anything's going to happen, so I'm going to go play some COD. And, you know, that they would get us just unaware. And I, I agree right. with that. I think, you know, they would call on some pros. The other thing I, I do have to object to is the statement that our wives like having us around. I'm not entirely sure that's the case. Might not be. I mean, if she doesn't think I am better looking than the Chris's, then, like, what is this all about? I gotta say, that's a that's three very attractive Chris's for one movie franchise. It's almost embarrassing. Yeah. And I'm one really attractive Louie. Right. How many other attractive Louis can you name? Uh, how many other attractive Louis? I'm now thinking about Louis in general. Um, like Louis C.K.? Gross. Gross. He is gross. That's true. Uh, Louis, all of the French kings, I'm sure that one of them was attractive. Eh. Louis IV was a smoke show. Who was the Louie who hosted Family Feud for a while and was just horrible in every way? What? No, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I mean, it's. I, I think this is one of those cases where just our confidence should encourage us not to do research and just let's just say that you're the most attractive Louie, right? Boom. Right. You heard it here, folks. Yeah. We have a podcast, so you should believe us. So I guess overall with, with these voicemails, like nobody won here, right? 50% of them ended in us turning on Glenn. Yeah, which probably accurate, maybe even on the low side. I feel mm -hmm. like the majority of them, we would kill Glenn. Right. And the, the other 50% ended sort of ambiguously, or rather that neither of us killed each other. Yeah. And honestly, the only way that I see us not killing each other is kind of what Kirsten said, where we just keep waiting and keep waiting. 
But I don't think schism would kill us because we are goddamn delightful. I think that we would be so funny and charming that schism would shift their whole business model and make a reality TV show about us and just pair us together, kind of like this podcast, and have us just live our lives and be charming. What if we could be like the, you know, the hosts of most extreme elimination challenge or something where we're just like the sports commentators for the murders and we just like make fun of everybody that I mean, I think we could land that. We would be great at that. All right, Artie, what would your catchphrase be? Um, that's going to hurt tomorrow morning. What about yours? Well, folks, he didn't go for the decapitation and that's a shame. <laughs> All right. I like that. You know, I think it, look, if this podcast doesn't go anywhere, maybe we just start like commentating on like reality shows that involve hand-to-hand combat murders and stuff. Maybe that's what we do next. I don't know. All you guys have to do is keep listening and, and that way it won't happen. I thought this was fun. I'm glad that people dialed in. I'm just looking forward to the ne- the next movie, Coco. We're going to record that episode pretty soon. But just again, just thanks for everybody for participating. And um, none of you get Dunkin' Donuts. Sorry. We really enjoyed it. But know this, Glenn's promises mean nothing. Thanks a bunch, folks. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take care, everyone. Mm-hmm.